Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? It's good to see you. I know you're seeing a lot of me today. We're, doing, we're just doing a little bit, of, uh, a few things a little bit different. I just want to talk to you quickly about what's going on on January the 23rd. That is next Sunday. That Sunday, January 23rd, kicks off seven days of fasting and prayer. So we do this every single year. It's nothing new. Uh, there, what we want to do, we're going to talk a little bit about that next week, but I just want to prepare you that this week, uh, just be prepared that on Sunday, or we actually kick it off on Monday, but I'm going to talk about it next Sunday, is how we uh, fast and pray, and we what it does is it prepares God, it prepares us for God to work in our lives for the next year. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to give up all food or water for the next seven days. I just want you to be thinking about what you can give up. Fasting has to do with with a diet. Now you can't say, you know what? I'm giving up. I'm giving up seven days of talking to my wife. I'm fasting that. It's not fasting. Uh, it's it's seven days of something that you want to get. Some people give up coffee. Some people give up sugar. Some people give up bread. Uh, some people give up food altogether. Whatever that looks like for you, I just want you to be be prepared. Another thing that we're going to do is we're going to open up the church uh, in the mornings and the evenings. If you want to come down here and pray, uh, we'll be telling you more about that in the schedule. Uh, that goes along with that. So anyway, just a special week. And don't miss out on this. Don't miss out on this because I can tell you that every single year people come up to me and say what God has done in their lives. The idea is every time you think of the thing that you've given up, every time, you know, you, you wake up in the morning and you don't have coffee or whatever, you think of why you're doing that. And the thing is, is that you want God to work in your life. And what happens is through fasting and prayer, we get closer to God. You use that time to get closer to God. So anyway, it it is a little bit of a sacrifice, but it's so well worth it. So I want to encourage you next week, remember that we're going to give you a handout of things to pray about every single day. And uh, just keep that in mind. It's a very, very special week. Kicks off next week. Well, let me begin with prayer, and then we're going to kick off this message. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Speak to us through your word, by your spirit, in Christ's name. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, it's a new season. We're continuing this series called Moses. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I I was thinking about how God deals in our lives through seasons and stages. I heard this song not too long ago called Flyover States. Has anybody ever heard that song? Anybody ever heard that phrase, Flyover States? The idea is that states in between destinations are called flyover states. Oklahoma is a flyover state. It's kind of like, it's kind of a a slur. It's kind of a dig towards, you know, Arkansas, Nebraska, Kansas. You wouldn't want to stop in there. You wouldn't want to visit. By no means would you ever want to live there. It's just a place to fly over uh, as you get to, you know, your main destination, you know, Dallas or California, Los Angeles or New York, flyover states. And I got to thinking how a lot of times in our lives, we look at certain seasons or maybe certain decades of our lives as flyover years. But if we're not careful, we will we will uh, ignore the fact that God has something for us, something important for us every single season of our lives that we don't want to miss. I believe one of the greatest leaders who ever lived was Moses. And we, hear his, we, we see his story in the book of Exodus. But before there is an Exodus, there's always a Genesis. Genesis is the book of beginnings. 
but the book of Exodus is a book about where God leaves or God leads his people out of, a, out of a place of poverty to a place of promise. But in order for God to do something like that, he chose a man. He chose, he chose a person to lead that. How many of you know that God always blesses his people through people? God always, God does not come down here and do, he doesn't necessarily do, God doesn't show up and do things. What God does is when he gets ready to lead his people to a certain place, he chooses a person to lead his people. So God chose Moses because God works through imperfect people. Moses was not perfect, as we're going to talk about today. But God leads his people with his leaders that he grooms through stages and seasons. And I said this last week. You may not recognize this. You may not have uh, recognized this. But Moses was 80 years old before he ever began to lead God's people. Two-thirds of his life, he was just being groomed. Two-thirds of his life, he was learning some things, and he was also living some things down. Before God ever said, hey, it's time for you to walk in your calling. Hey, now is the time to lead my people. Before that ever happened, Moses was 80 years old. Here's the reason that we're talking about this. Because some of us think, some of us who are younger, we think that that if we don't have everything figured out by the age of 24 or 25 years old, when we get out of college or when we first get married, if we don't have God's calling figured out by then, well, we, life has passed us by. To me, it's comical when, when, my, when my kids, uh, my adult children, when they're impatient about the callings of God or things aren't happening fast enough. Uh, you know, I was talking to Savannah the, the, this past, you know, a couple of years ago. She said, Dad, I'm 26 years old. I'm going to be, you know, life is passing me by. I said, baby, you, you've got so many years left. And then th- there's another group of people. We think, uh, you know, by the time we get 50 or 55 years old, that it's time to, you know, take a pass on everything. It's time to hand the reins off. But listen, and this is what I want to say to both groups of people. It doesn't matter where you are. God has something specific in the season of your life that you're in right now. If you're a young person, God is building some things in your life that he's going to build upon in the next season of your life. If you're here and you're older, if you're in your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, listen, God has something for you right now. And you don't know this, but it could be that the most significant thing that God is going to do in your life is in this coming season. But you got to believe that. Amen? You can never think that God isn't using me or God is done with me because the greatest thing that God's ever going to do is always the next step. God walks us through seasons, through life stages. I believe every stage is built upon what has been previously learned in the previous stage. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, it says, You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's field. You are the thing. The church, the church is a group of people. You are what God is building. You are God's building. You are God's field. You are what God is cultivating into what he wants to happen. Last week we began talking about the different seasons that I'm calling uh, the, the seasons that, that Moses walked in, the first one was the, the, or I'm calling these seasons of personal and spiritual growth. The first one was incubation, how God will sometimes keep and protect us for a season in order to use us in the future. And we saw that God protected Moses through people and given him a place to grow up 
and to learn. Well, today I want to talk about a specific season in Moses' life that I call a season of separation. A season of separation. Sometimes I believe that God will call us out and away from certain environments, certain relationships, certain lifestyles in order to work his work in us. He will separate us even from people in order to connect us to our calling. In order for God to connect us to our calling, sometimes he has to separate us from certain things in our lives. And I believe that that is what is happening in this part of Moses' story. Uh, Last week we left with Moses being raised in Pharaoh's house. And this is, some scholars believe that this is the one time that tennis, the sport of tennis, is mentioned in the Bible where uh, Moses served in Pharaoh's court. Okay. All right. Let's keep moving. That's terrible. That was terrible. All right. Exodus 2 and 11. I just seen if you were paying attention. Exodus 2 and 11 says this. This is after Moses was being raised, after he grew up. This was 40 years later after um, the princess of Egypt rescued him. It says, many years later, When Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews or the Israelites, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of the fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day when Moses went out to visit the people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your bro, he said. Moses said this, and then Uh, uh, Moses said to the one who started the fight, the man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me the way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Oh, yeah, we saw you do it. You're not getting away with it. We saw it, didn't we? We saw it. Then, Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and tried to kill Moses. He put a hit out on Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Median. So let's talk about this season of separation. If you feel like you could be there, if you feel like God might be drawing you away from certain things, let's talk about what this looks like. And I just have two points. The first one is that if you feel like you're going through a season of separation or you're not aware of it and God is about to do this, the first thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to trust God's timing. You have to trust God's timing. Separation might have been a part of God's plan for Moses, but murder was not. He murdered this Egyptian. That was, that was what he, he murdered this uh, Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. That was not a part of God's plan. Listen, when it comes to separation, when it comes to pursuing God's plan for your life, when you feel called, when God begins to work in your life and you feel and you feel a passion and you feel a certainty that God wants you to do about something. And here's what happens a lot of times in our lives. When we are exposed to our calling, we get excited about it. I remember when I went on my first mission trip, we went down to El Salvador. That was actually my second mission trip. I went to El Salvador, and I saw some things there that moved my heart, and I thought to myself, man, I've got to get our church involved. And I remember when I went to Cambodia, and I saw the extreme poverty of some of these places. Man, God moved me tremendously to connect. But if we're not careful, and I, I, told, this, I told this to people that went on this mission trip, hey, listen, people... Back at home, they haven't been exposed to this. We don't go home and beat, beat people over the heads wondering why they're not as passionate about this as, as we are. They have not been exposed to the calling of God about this. 
Are you with me? Moses was exposed to the calling of God, and with that came a passion, and it caused him to move and act in a certain way. But what happened was he wasn't patient, and he wasn't willing to wait on God's timing. And it caused him to move and act in a certain way. It seems, it seems that Moses knew his purpose. He was in the middle of two cultures, two types of people, two nations, and God was opening up his eye to, to his eyes to show him some injustices. These things were happening to his people. He began to put himself in their shoes and see that this is not right. It was the beginning stages to his calling. I'm supposed to lead. I'm supposed to do something about this situation. The writer of Acts gives us insight, I believe, to Moses' frame of mind in Acts 7 and 25. Listen to this. It says, Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. Did you get that? Moses had a certain frame of mind about his calling. He realized that God was doing something in his life. How This is no coincidence. God has set me here. He has, he, has, he has got me, a Hebrew, in an Egyptian court serving. Surely people recognize, surely my people recognize my calling in this situation. There is no way that this is a coincidence how many of you know that people don't always recognize, especially people that are closest to you, people don't always recognize the calling of God on your life? Nobody misses the calling of God. Nobody uh, uh, undervalues the calling of God in your life more than your brothers and sisters, Right? In fact, we see this in the life of Jesus himself in, in Mark, the sixth chapter. It talks about how Jesus goes to his hometown. His own family didn't believe who he was. They grew up with him. Jesus didn't start performing miracles until he went out after he had spent 40 days in the wilderness. Then he performed miracles, but his brothers and sisters didn't recognize him, recognize his calling. In fact, the Bible says at one point that the, some of his people around him said, your family's on the outside. There's, there's, there's tons of people all around you, but your family's on the outside. They, they think you're crazy, and they're telling you, you need to shut this up and come home. What I want you to realize is the people around you might not recognize your calling. And what happens a lot of times is we try to force a situation. We try to force something. We don't appreciate God's timing. And that's why God will sometimes separate, people around, separate us from people around us who might not recognize us. But we need to let God do that. That's a God thing. We need to trust God in these circumstances. We need to pray and believe and be patient and trust God's timing, right? How many of you know that God's timing is not your timing, right? If we're not careful, we'll do something, we'll, we'll commit sin. So Moses does it his way. He kills an Egyptian foreman, foreman and he hides the body. Sometimes we try to hurry up God's calling. God's moved in my life, so I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to hurry up God. I'm going to assist God. And my calling, if we're not careful, we will do the wrong thing. God has called me. I need to start acting. I need to kill the Egyptian. Look at your neighbor and say, don't kill the Egyptian. Don't kill the Egyptian. The Egyptians were going to die one of these days. But God did not need Moses' help killing 
the Egyptian. If we get in the middle of what God wants to do in our lives, you know what that is? That's a good way for us to spend the next four decades trying to live things down. That's what Moses had to do. Moses had to run from Egypt, and he spent four decades in the wilderness until the old Pharaoh had died, and then nobody was out to get him, and then that's when, he was, that's when it was time to go back. Have you ever thought about Have you ever thought about what might have happened? And I was when I was reading this story, have you ever thought about what might have happened had Moses not killed the Egyptian? Now we both know that it was not God's will. God works through every circumstance. And at first glance, if somebody was causing somebody to suffer, it might it might feel like it's a good idea, but that was not God's plan. We know later on, just 20 chapters later, that you know, thou shalt not commit murder. That was not God's plan. God could work things out without Moses killing the Egyptian. Think about this for a second. Moses was 40 years old, grew up in an Egyptian court, was raised, had a world-class mentality, had a world-class education. He goes out and he sees his brothers, and he's very passionate about this. What if instead of killing the Egyptian and having a hit out on him, and having to leave for the next 40 years. What if God had a plan to reveal to him his calling? He goes back, and he begins to pray, God, what would you have me do? God, what would you have me do in this circumstance? Lord, I pray for my people. Lord, do a work in my life. What do you want? Listen, God was going to deliver Israel, and it was time. That's what Moses' purpose was. It was time. But is it possible that, that Moses delayed this season where he was going to lead God's people out? How many of you know that, that God does not need us to kill the Egyptian in order for us to work his plan? In fact, if we do something like that, it could delay the calling and the purposes of God in our lives. What if Moses had not killed the Egyptian? God led it on his heart. He began to pray. God began to prepare him. And in the next two years, instead of being a wanted man and having to, to, to live on the back 40, instead of 30, 40 years later, in that season, God brought, brings about the plagues, rises, uh, uh, raises up Moses to be a leader in Pharaoh's court, and then they walk out just like that. I believe as I read this story, could it be that that was God's will, but because Moses got in the way, he didn't trust God's plan and God's purpose, it cost Moses the next 40 years, and people had to stay enslaved for the next 40 years. You have to trust, we must trust God's timing. When it comes to a season of separation, trust God. Look at your neighbor and say, trust God. Say it again. Say, trust God. Trust God's timing, trust God's opportunities. The second thing that we've got to do when it comes to a season of separation, if we've, we've got to trust God's process. God has a timing, and God also has a process. Instead of trusting God's process and obeying God's law, Moses gets impatient, disobey God's, he disobeys God's law. It was wrong to kill the Egyptian. Listen, God doesn't just have a predetermined timing. He also has a predetermined process for your life. And it takes the process to prepare you for the calling that God has on your life. And sometimes we, we just want the position when God has a process to prepare us for the position. I want to walk in my calling when, in fact, 
the process of getting you there, whether it be years or decades, the process of getting you there is important because if you don't go through the process, you won't have the character to stay in the position or the calling that God has for you. We have to trust the timing and we have to trust the process of God. Ephesians says that we are God's masterpiece. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. When we think about the process of God, we have to remember that God has a process of building us and he builds our lives in stages. What God built my life, and, and, and you know, we think that we just immediately want to walk in the calling, but what God taught me in my 20s prepared me for what he wanted to teach me in my 30s. Same thing with you. And, and now, you know, I, I really feel like at 50 years old, I'm really prepared to pastor a church. I thought I was when I was in my mid-20s, and God took me through a process, and there were things, and I did the best that I can, but in your 50s, you really hit your stride. I really feel like this. In your 50s, you hit your stride in wisdom and in leadership, but here's what you got to do. I've spent years, I've spent decades studying spiritual leadership and, and what it is to lead people. and what a, it, it, God takes us through seasons, and it's building block upon building block to prepare us for our future. We have to trust the process. Amen? God had a process for Moses. Look at your neighbor and say, God's not finished with me. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice, and say, God's not done with you. So what we got to do is we got to let God do his work. If we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus, then we are a never-ending work in progress. Right? And if that be the case, we have to trust God with the process. Um, John 15 and 1 talks a little bit about that process. John 15 and 1 says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. I want you to just get an image of this, Christ being in the image of a grapevine, and his Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch. Everybody say cut off. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Everybody say produce fruit. And he prunes. Everybody say prunes. Prunes the branches that do bear fruit. Everybody say bear fruit. So that they will produce even more. He says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. He's talking to his disciples, which is also talking through them to us. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot, what? Produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. Jesus is the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Two things Two things when it comes to this. First of all, I want you to first recognize that there is an expectation that when we are in Christ, he says, abide in me, remain in me, in me and you, because there is an expectation of production. In other words, our lives should be fruitful. They should be fruitful of evidence of the Spirit living on the inside of us. People should be coming to Christ as a result of our lives. Our lives should be, our kids should be raised up and we should be, they should become followers of Christ. They should, we should have a lifestyle that produces the works of the Lord in our lives. In other words, there is an expectation of production. That's the first thing I want you to recognize this. But another thing I want you to recognize is there are two different processes. There are two different actions of God 
what he does in Christ or through Christ in our lives. There is first, the first thing that happens is he cuts off. To, to be cut off, that is for the unproductive and that is for the non-believer. That's ne- not necessarily for us, but people who don't live according to Christ, people that, that aren't, people that might take away from what God wants to do in your life, what God does is he will cut off relationships or cut off certain actions, behaviors, lifestyle of our lives. The first process is, uh, is to be cut off. But the second thing is to be pruned. There's a difference between being cut off or being pruned. Pruned is for those that are productive. Think about that for a second. If when we are productive, when we are following Christ, when there are works that follow our relationship with God, as we begin to study the word of God, as we begin to, as we begin to pray, as God begins to use us to reach people, as God begins to use us to serve his church, as God begins to use us in generosity, what happens is God doesn't cut us off. What he, what he does instead is he prunes us. But the pruning process, there is a point to it. And the point is that we will be even more productive. The idea is growth. Wherever we are today, what happens is we'll go through a season where we will feel a little bit of lack because we're experiencing being pruned because of what God wants to do. He wants us to produce even more. Whatever we're producing today, we will go through a pruning process and produce even more in the future. I think that's interesting. It's interesting that in order to be more productive, we have to go through a pruning process. Has, does anybody here have any experience with an apple tree or a peach tree? My grandma used to have apple trees and peach trees, and uh, I would go out there. And if you do not take care of an apple tree, you have to prune an apple tree. If you don't, it turns into a, a great big shrub. Limbs grow up si- beside it, and the, the, you know, it, it starts producing limbs very, very short. And what happens is you have this big shrub that produces apples, these big apples, and it breaks off the limbs. The, the, the tree cannot handle the weight of the fruit. So what you, whether it's a peach tree or whether it is a, an apple tree, what you have to do is you have to, you don't want that to be a shrub, so you start pruning it and you let it to get tall where it reaches a good height so it gets a, a girth or a thickness, and then the limbs come out, and then you got to prune off those little sticks and those limbs so it produces limbs that can handle the weight of the produce. Are you, are you with me? That's what God does in our lives. What God wants to do in your life, what God wants to do through his church, is he wants to bring great produce. There is, a, there is an expectation for us to produce, right? And he wants to do greater things. So what he will do is he will begin to prune off things. And man, I don't like pruning. I don't like loss. I don't like saying goodbye to certain relationships. I don't like, I, I wish everybody would stay in my life. I wish everybody would stay in the church. But here's what I found out. In order for God to take you to the next level, he's going to have to prune some things for your life or you will not be able to stand the weight of what God wants to do in your life. Amen? Amen. Get this, the word prune, the Greek word for prune I thought it was to mean, I thought it meant to cut off. That's not what prune in the Greek means. It means this. It means to clean. Clean. So God, the point, 
to pruning is to clean certain areas of our lives. It could be people, but could also be certain, certain things or certain behaviors or, or bad habits. God wants to prune the unclean things of our lives. He wants our lives to be clean, right? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to clean up your life. You need to let the Holy Spirit clean up your life. You need, to let the, you need to let the Holy Spirit clean up certain areas. And here's the deal about pruning. You need to let the process happen. We need to welcome the pruning process, amen? Man, a lot of times, uh, I saw something one, one time that reminds me of myself. Everything that I have ever let go of in my life has claw marks on it. I do not let, I don't let, like letting go of certain things or people or relationships. or uh, I, I like routine I'm not so big on change or whatever, but we need to allow God to do his process, the pruning process, because the point of the pruning is to bring more produce in our lives. Are you with me? If we do not allow, if we don't learn to let go of some things, if we don't learn to let go, and if we don't learn to walk away from some things, we will not be able to experience what God wants to produce in our lives in the future. There is a point to the pruning. He's making you into something productive because he's taking you somewhere along with his calling. Amen? That's what we see about Moses. If we're not careful, we won't trust the process of separation. I want to close with this. We don't always understand what God is doing. But I want to give you a perspective Every season of our lives is a step of what God wants to do. Amen? We need to see every season, whatever it is, there is no such thing as a wasted season. There is no such thing as wasted years in God's perspective. No matter where you are, I don't want you to lose today being focused on tomorrow. Well, one of these days, this is what I'm going to, well, you know, when I get to college or when I get to high school, this is what it's going to, or when I get married one of these days or when I have children, one of these days you look back and you think, what did I do with the first 40 years of my life? God's calling is always for today. It's always for today. It's about tomorrow too, but it's always for today. God has something in this season that he wants us to get. God has something in this season that he wants to minister. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to get your eyes wide open to the Spirit of God, what he wants to do in your life right now. And if it's separation, take a look at it. What is God wanting to separate us from? And I want to tell you something. It hurts. Separation hurts. Pruning hurts. But it's necessary sometimes for what God wants to do in your life. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. And thank you, Lord, for the process. Lord, you are taking us step by step, season by season, and making us into the people that you want us to be. I pray, Lord, that we trust your timing. Some of us need to Trust your timing. We get impatient. We act out. If we're not careful, we'll make the wrong decisions. Help us to trust your timing. Help us to trust your process. 
Be willing to let go. Be willing to allow you to cut things away, to prune, to clean our lives. Be willing to take that process to heart. Speak to us wherever we are, whatever we're going through as your people. In the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, maybe God is speaking to you right now about that process. Maybe that's, that's you. Travis, I don't trust the timing of God. I'm, I'm getting impatient. Maybe you don't trust the process of, of pruning, whatever that looks like. As I begin to talk about that, as I begin to talk about letting go of some things, you might be thinking of certain things, certain activities, certain behaviors, certain people. You might be thinking of that if you don't let go of, it will take away from what God wants to do in your life, of your future. And if that's you, I want to pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's, that's here, every person, Lord, that, that feels convicted, Lord, or challenged or confronted with today's message. As we live for you, as we serve you, I pray, Father, that, that you will work a work in our lives, that we, Lord, that we seek your timing. We don't want to do anything before it's time, that we seek your timing, that we are patient and we trust you in the timing. We trust you with the process. We trust you with the pruning process. We trust you with the cutting of away of things and behaviors or relationships that should not be in our lives. We trust you with that. And Lord, I pray for your church, and I pray, God, that you will speak to us, and I pray that we will be receptive to what you want to do in our lives today. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, say amen. If you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're seated here and you feel like the Lord is dealing with you and you haven't given your life to Christ, if you're watching us online, you say, Travis, I've never given my life to Christ. I've never said, Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life. Or maybe you can say, I I used to live for the Lord, but I I walked away from God and I feel like God is speaking to my heart today and I want to rededicate my life to Christ. That's okay if that's, that's what you want to do. I'm going to pray a prayer and if that's you, You can get right with the Lord today. You can give your life to Christ. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to single you out. But I'd like to know if I'm praying for anybody. So with nobody looking around, if that's you, you can say, Travis, today, if you pray, I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm not going to ask you to stand. We're not going to ask you to walk the aisles. I just want to know if I'm praying for anybody. Travis, that's me. I'm going to make things right with the Lord, and I'm going to pray with you. Just put your hand up and put it down, just between you, me, and God. If that's you, I just want to know if anybody's here. If you're watching us online, if you feel like God is speaking to you today, just repeat this prayer after me. We're going to pray right now. And as we do, give your life to Christ. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm before you today, and I give you my life. And Jesus, I'm asking you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, to take my life and use it for your cause. I believe in you, Jesus that you died for me and rose from the dead. From this moment on, my life is committed to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys. Let's celebrate those that have given their life to Christ. You can...
Well, that was that was chaos. Anyway, um, hey, uh, what a great message by PT. Did you guys enjoy that? I know I did. Wow, that was so good. Hey, um, go ahead and stand up, guys. If you don't know me, my name is Baylor. I'm just here to tell you a little bit about what's, what we've got going on upcoming here at Faith Co. Real quick, um, I see some new faces in here today, some people who haven't been going for very long. Man, me and my wife would just love to meet you to tell you more about our church. Um, so if you could meet us back at the Faith Co. Info table after this, um, if you're new here or if you need prayer for anything, man, we just really love to get to know you and your family a little bit better. Um, over at the Faith Co. Info table, you can't miss it. It's right, after, it's right after we go. If you're in a hurry, you can drop by, grab our Connect card, fill it out, and we'll meet you at another time. Um, if you gave your life to Christ today, if you prayed that prayer, go ahead and text SAVE to the number on the screen so we can give you some more information about next steps on your new journey as a Christian. Um, there are some other next steps. If you guys can throw them up there, I'll talk to them about it for a second. New to Faith Co., you can text WELCOME. If you want to join a connect group, which is how we grow um, spiritually, uh, text GROUP to that number. If you want to become a member, text GROWTH TRACK to that number. In addition to that, um, Baptism is February 20th, so if you've recently dedicated your life to Christ and you want to have that public proclamation of faith, you can text that number. Um, you, wow, that image is blurry. We need to fix that. Uh, February, or, or you can drop by the Faith Co. Info table, and I can tell you a little bit more about that. Growth Track Live is January 23rd. That's our membership class. You can meet us at 1130 in the living room. Um, then Marriage Night. This is for engaged or married couples. Um, we go out, we go out on a little date night. Everyone's invited who's engaged or married. If you want more information about that, um, it's the first and third, so tonight is marriage night. Uh, feel free to ask me some more information over at Faith Co. Info. Then we have our Night to Dream event, which is, it's actually not our, our event, it's a local business called South Central In Industries. It's a prom night that they put on with people uh, put on for people with special needs. So we need we need volunteers for that. We need uh, a lot of help to put that on. More information about that over at Faith Co. Info. Um, Faith Co. Kids Bake Sale is February 13th. That's the day before Valentine's Day. Make sure you bring a little bit um, to help us uh, sponsor and fund our new outdoor play equipment. Faith Co. Students is this Wednesday at 623. Um, if you want to serve at that, uh, come talk to me after service because I'm also the youth pastor here at Faith Co. And in addition to that, um, obviously, if you're between 6th and 12th grade, make sure that you get signed up for that. Um, that's all we've got for you this, this Sunday. Um, let me just say a quick blessing over your life. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. And everyone said, you guys have a great week.